Welcome to Points of View, the Point Hacks podcast. I'm your host, David Walsh. Today, we've got Chris Chamberlain joining us. Chris Chamberlain's been writing about frequent flyer points for years and years and years now. And today, we're talking about flying to New Zealand. And it turns out, making sure you choose the right plane can make all the difference when flying business class across the ditch. Chris, thanks for joining. Thanks, Dave. Good to talk to you. Yeah, it's um, it's. I always enjoy um, catching up with you on, on video because I get to see into your office, which is a very, very frequent flyer office. You it see kind the, of uh, is, yeah. <laughs> you can see the planes in the background. You've got the the, the map of the world there. That's um, it. It's not just a map of the world. It's got lines of all the flights I've taken at the time the uh, the map was printed. So you can look at it and see where something is in the world, or I can look at it and see where I've flown in the world. It's pretty cool. Oh, how, how many lines do you think you have on that map? Uh, well, the flight I took Sydney to Auckland was actually my 600th flight. So, and I had the map behind me printed when I just flew my one millionth mile, which was just before COVID. So I haven't made much progress on it since. So there's, there's a good flight. 500 and something lines on the map behind me at least. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, let's, okay. So before we talk about the trip you did to Auckland, let's, let's, let's maybe introduce yourself to the audience. So Chris Chamberlain, um, Writer at Point Hacks, um, you've been around the industry for a hell of a long time. I think a lot of people recognize your name. Mm. Um, you know, how did you get into you know the frequent flyer space? And um, just tell us about yourself. Yeah, I mean, getting into frequent flyer points was an interesting one because I was working in hospitality when I was at uni, and there'd always be sort of business travelers coming through, people um, who'd spend a lot, and they'd always have these shiny little credit cards that had airline logos or rewards on them or something. And at the time. Um, you know, back that long ago, I was too young to even have one. So I'd, I'd see all these little fancy pieces of plastic coming through and, and think, hey, they're earning, earning points on all of these transactions I'm, I'm putting through for them. We don't charge a fee for that. I should, I should get on that. I should get a credit card. And so <laughs> most, uh, most 18 year olds on their 18th birthday probably hit up the pub on the, uh, on the big night to celebrate. I, I moved my party to the weekend on my night of my 18th birthday. I was online applying for my first credit card. Um, <laughs> and since, since then, I've just been earning and spending so many points. And it's it's such a great way to go. There are so many things you can do with points that most people probably can't afford to do with cash. And it just, it unlocks some amazing opportunities, which is why I was just so excited to come here at Point Hacks and be able to share some of those with our readers. Absolutely. I mean, with with 600 flights done, and I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here. Hmm. How many frequent flyer points do you think you've earned and burnt? Ooh, it'd, it'd have to be millions. I've got oh, about... Oh, be well into the millions, Well surely. into the millions. I've got about a million just sitting there at the moment across a couple of different accounts ready to go on trips that I don't even know what they'll get spent on, to be honest. But yeah, uh, yeah. wouldn't surprise me if it was closer to 10 million points. That sort, of, that sort of region over all the years, all the sign-up bonuses, all the travel, so you know all the online all shopping. I'd, I'd like to think so, yeah. Yeah. What's the... Um... Like is there is there one trip or one redemption that you like to if you if you were to come across another point hacker mm. you know so not 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 your everyday person on the street but mm. someone that's well and truly into their points um, is there a trip or a redemption that you've done that you like to sort of pull out as this is my flex this is my oh I've done this have you well um, probably wind the clock back five or six years I booked our entire honeymoon uh, on points and the few things that I couldn't get using points, um, I was able to earn points on it. So it was, I think, seven business class flights. It was a mix of like United miles on Singapore Airlines on a cabin you can't normally get, but there was a way to do it over the phone. It was velocity points on Virgin Atlantic, which again, you've got to call someone really trying to make a case for, get them to put it through and just see if it works. 
like Qantas points on BA, which is a bit less exciting, but it's still Club Europe, not a bad way to get around um, Europe. Uh, I worked in Air France because I had a Sky Team Elite Plus status match, and it was an international flight even within Europe, so I still got all the lounge access, all the benefits. Um, you used Qantas points on Cathay and pre-ordered a, a cake on the plane and all these <laughs> all these other crazy things you can really do. And I tried to really like cram everything exciting into the one trip. And I guess with COVID the last couple of years, I haven't really been able to recreate that. So I'm looking forward to um, hopefully doing something similar again soon. It's just a bit of a, you know, because I can type of holiday. Really. Absolutely. Well, you've had two and a bit years to sort of dream about doing something big like that, big like mm. that again. So um, I'm... I'm I'm curious to see what you come up with because I know it's going to be something that I'm going to sit there and go, oh, okay, I wish I could have done that myself. Um, My colleague Brandon had an amazing story in the past week of how he's booked two premium holidays to Europe um, using a mix of points, using sort of Q credits from Qatar from a status match to upgrade. So I've really got to try and uh, try get on my game here. Brandon's, Brandon's up and running. Well, between yourself, Brandon, and uh, the managing editor of Point Hacks, Daniel, it's very hard to compete um with stories you know i i did my first international trip uh since COVID to singapore last week but it's nothing compared to what you guys do so we'll, oh look uh, we'll... you've been further than me during COVID, so you've got that so far i've only well, been to nz well let's, let's talk about that so you, you've mm. done your first uh first international i guess we can call it international international trip uh since um since COVID. you went to new zealand i did yeah i've been to new zealand once before during COVID, but that was sort of in the first week that it opened in the the very first time and it was such like a bubble experience it felt very unusual very different whereas this time it really just felt like the world was open i couldn't wait to get back there and just seeing how easy it was to get to new zealand how easy it was to get home to get around i mean i came home and i said why wasn't that flight 10 hours longer i really want to go like to <laughs> london next week like let's let's start booking stuff you could do it again yeah well, were, you, were you feeling like any any nerves or apprehension about flying or was it just like no nah, i'm ready to go i'm raring to go I've been pretty fortunate during COVID living in Queensland because we haven't really had many long lockdowns. So I, I've done a lot of flights um, since, you know, you could start traveling again, maybe 70 or so. Um, so it, it, getting back on a plane wasn't anything that bothered me. I think New Zealand, the only thing is you've got to make sure you get all the paperwork correct. Because if, if you don't, you're not going to get past the check-in desk. You need to mm. make sure you've got you know, your, your vaccination certificate and the right one from the Australian government, not just the normal one you might show in a check-in app. You've got to make sure you get your pre-flight test. You've got to, you know, you've got to tick all these boxes, and it's 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 a bit more paperwork than in the past. But I mean, hey, it's it's get knock it over in an hour or so. It's not it's not terribly complicated. And hey, the reward is you can fly overseas again. So absolutely, you know, for just, now, I'm perfectly fine with that. Just make sure you print everything out. That is true. That is print true. everything out. Yeah. If you don't, even if you don't think you need to print it out, print it. Yeah. Um, it, it it's worth it. All right, well, let's let's dive into a bit about uh, about your trips in New Zealand. So, so what what made you choose to go to New Zealand for this trip? I mean, New Zealand is is so close. It's the most popular destination normally for Australians when they go overseas. And I mean, why not? Like the Qantas was running points planes for the entire month of May, so getting a reward seat using Qantas points was not complicated. Um, and they were also running the Airbus A330 from Sydney over to Auckland, which a lot of the listeners might recognize is usually the international type of plane or what you might get on a flight over to Perth. It means in business class, instead of a reclining seat that you might get on a typical domestic flight, you've got a flatbed, you've got space, you've got room, you can you know, turn on the massager in the chair and just sit back, relax and celebrate the fact that you can fly again. 
Um, and so really, I mean, why not? And it's it's so close. You land there. By the time you've arrived, it's it's check-in time at the hotel. It's no, There's no overnight flights. There's no trying to understand another language or another... I mean, New Zealand does have another currency, but it's not that different in terms of what it's worth to Australia. So if you see something on the shelf in a shop, you, you sort of know what it costs. It's it's a very easy trip and it's it's very straightforward. Absolutely. I think one thing that I want to dive into a little bit there that, you know, obviously, mm. um, you know, avid point hackers will probably be across is the fact that depending on where you fly from in Australia or what, what plane Qantas is flying, you could have quite a different experience flying business class between Melbourne and uh, New Zealand. Yeah, that's right. Because I mean, if I'd flown Brisbane to Auckland that day, and I had just taken the nonstop direct flight, it would have been on a Boeing 737, the same plane that most of us have been flying the last couple of years, because we couldn't go anywhere well, it's, else. It's, so. it's effectively the, you know, if, if our listeners think of uh, the, the business class that you see on domestic flights in Australia, that's that's the plane that we're talking about here. Yeah, literally. So on, if it were a long haul flight, you'd probably call that premium economy rather than um, business class. Whereas yeah, I did have to get up a little earlier and the, you know, transiting in Sydney is never fun. You've got to get buses or a train and whatever. But the reward was instead of, you know, sitting upright in my little seat for four hours over to Auckland, you know, I can put the bed down. You get on the A330 and it was definitely worth it. So it's um, better part is as well using points. It didn't cost any extra to fly through Sydney. So I actually got two business class flights for the price of one. So it's it was even better. It was uh it's a no-brainer for me. <laughs> well, I was about to say that. You know, mm. one, one of the immediate questions that that would come to my mind thinking about that is, okay, well, if I'm in Brisbane, I want to go to New Zealand, and this sounds like, a, you know, a, for lack of a better word, lack of a better word, a, a better way to fly to New Zealand, um, would that cost me more points? But it sounds like, you know, because of the the way that it's set up, that effectively you you could fly to New Zealand direct from Brisbane, or you could go via Sydney, jump on an A330, and it's the exact same points cost. Yeah, that's right. The only trick is you you just have to connect on the same day. So if you want to break the journey in another Australian city, it's not going to work. You're going to be charged more points. But if you've got a same day connection, yeah, it's 41,500 Qantas points for a business class seat. doesn't matter whether you fly nonstop or from the East Coast cities like Brisbane or Melbourne, whether you connect via Sydney. So it's, yeah, you're not, you're not going to pay any extra points. The amount you pay in taxes and fees does go up a little bit. I think it's, you pay maybe $40 more, but hey, you pay $40 and nothing else and you get another business class flight. So that's that's insane, nearly. That, yeah. That's great. And how was the, well, the A330 experience compared to what you remember pre-COVID? It was really good. I mean, the, um, the one of the great things about flying to New Zealand versus most of Australia's domestic network is you just get more time on the plane. So you are it's not a quick hop. You are spending a few hours in the seat. There's more time for the cabin crew to take take a bit of time, talk to you during the meal service, after the meal service, watch something on the TV, get a bit of work done, and you know, and you still haven't landed yet. So it was really, it, it was really good to have made that decision to to get on the A380. Uh, sorry, A330. I should know better than oh. to uh, <laughs> mispronounce that one. <laughs> and I had a window seat too. I was looking right at the engine. It's, there's there's not four on this plane. So it's uh, yeah, get on the A330, relax, and just you know really celebrate the fact that you can fly again and that you can do this little points hack and get on it from Brisbane for no extra points. Mm. And, and what was the landing experience like in New Zealand? Obviously, you know, we spent New Zealand's been very strict with their COVID requirements um, for a long time. It's, it's only quite recently that they've um, sort of opened up their, uh, you know, opened up to take international travelers. What was the experience landing? Yeah, so you get most of the paperwork and everything done before you even are able to check in. So all the, you know, showing your vaccine, everything else is done in Australia. So when you land in New Zealand, 
it's pretty much back to how it was in the past. You go straight through SmartGate if you've got an Australian passport or a New Zealand passport. You go down to customs, you pick your bag up, you go to the exit. The only difference is on the way out, they hand you a free bag of rapid antigen tests um, and you're meant to do one yourself within the first 24 hours. They send you an email, they ask what the uh, what the test result is and that's it. Everything else is is back to normal. You do have to wear a mask, but coming through the airport, it's not like you've got to do any sort of temperature check or quarantine or there's no sort of random selection for a like a, a PCR test or something like you get in Canada. So it's you know, it's it's very different um, mm. than what most other countries are doing because it is quite straightforward. And as long as you tick the boxes and do the paperwork before you travel, it it's super easy. Yeah, nice. Absolutely. And uh, so what did you get up to in Auckland? So I had uh, two days there for work and I, I chose to stay near Viaduct Harbour, which is the beautiful sort of the water end of Auckland. Um, and it's a great place to go walking around. I mean, it's it's just to, to be there. It's a good time of year to go. It's not too cold. It's not too hot. Um so I was able to wander around, go to the sort of the Maritime Museum. They've got a, a sailing experience you can book where you go out onto the harbour. Um, I mean, look, we had some US tourists on the boat and within the first 15 minutes, they're already up the front doing the, you know, I'm flying thing oh, from course. Titanic. And, you know, I mean, fortunately, we didn't sink, but, you know, they, they were having a great time up there. Um, other than that, I tried to take it a bit easy and relax, but I did also go up the Sky Tower. Um, yeah, enjoy I was about the to say, you, you, yeah. you say you went to relax but mm. i've seen the i've seen some video footage of something that looked very <laughs> unrelaxing i mean look that was the morning on the first uh first day or the you know after i had a good night's sleep but you know you get the jumping off the top of the sky tower in auckland out of your system so you you have that sort of that thrill that stress that excitement and then then you can unwind a bit but uh yeah it, it, it is a bit nervous going to sort of the highest building in new zealand strapping yourself onto a cable and flying off of it you know, it's a bit bit different to your normal uh, plane flight. I tell you what. Have you done anything like that before? Oh, look, I've done that jump once, maybe like 10 years ago. Um, I just sort of, I, I think I was in Auckland at the time again, and with, I didn't really have anything to do. And I was like, oh, look, all right, this is right near the hotel. It's in the city. I'll get it done. I was absolutely terrified. Um, finally made it off off the edge and, and flew down. Whereas this time, I mean, you know what's coming and the, the flying's the exciting part. It's It's getting off that ledge getting into the air, that's that's the terrifying part. If you watch the video, I had to go in and sort of edit a little bit of a swear word off when I finally got to the very edge of the building and was about to fly. But yeah, once you're in, you know, once you're in the open air, it's it's really cool. There's not many places in the world where you can feel like you're flying right in the middle of a CBD because you start your journey from well above any of the other skyscrapers in the build, uh, in the in the city. So it's 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 a bit stressful. I've got to admit I was uh in the lift on the way up because it's a glass lift too so you see just how high you're getting you're up yeah. on the 53rd story uh and so i was deliberately not looking through the windows there's a little poster in the lift about like oh yoga on sunday so i was there i was reading everything there was to know about yoga and just not looking out the window until um till we got there to jump down so it feels very kiwi to be you know in a lift, glass lift going up to jump off a very tall building and then have a poster about yoga on Sundays. <laughs> I mean, that's what they do there. The company that does it also does all of the bungee experiences you find across New Zealand. They love jumping off things over there. So yeah, no, that's great. It was like, you know, it's, it's they're sort of known for it at this point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, go to New Zealand, go jump bungee jumping. Um, great. Well, any, anything else in the, in Auckland that you'd like to, to touch on for our listeners? Yeah, I mean, one of the other things is that, um, I mean, hotels, there's so many choices of hotels in in Auckland, but for this stay, um, I booked Sofitel Auckland Viaduct Harbour. I'd stayed at, you know, Park Hyatt 
previously, which is a bit further along, has probably a little bit better of a water view. But I was trying to find a good hotel that enabled me to earn points, have a good location, have a have a good stay. So it was sort of right in that middle of being in the city, but being on the water, um, being able to earn points because you can earn because they're part of a core live limitless um, Sofitel. So you can earn a core points, a core status points, a core nights, Qantas points, and credit card points if you pay the bill with a points earning credit card. So I had these five different things sort of hitting my loyalty accounts as a result of choosing one hotel over another. So I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that on a Point Hacks podcast. Oh, I think you have to really. So Absolutely. Might, might have to have a word afterwards if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, so it sounds like you had an amazing time in, in New Zealand. Um, I'm, I'm assuming the flight back, well, probably wasn't quite as special as the flight over, given you flew back on a, three, a 737. Yeah, that's right. I mean, look, it's, it's, also, it's also a longer flight back from New Zealand. It ticks over a little over four hours. Um, I tell you what, though, look, the Air New Zealand lounge that Qantas is sending passengers to in Auckland at the moment is very nice. It's their flagship international lounge, and Qantas is using it because their own lounges are still shut. In Auckland, they were going to refurbish them at some point. We've not seen, um, you know, when that would happen and what that would look like. And so, at the moment, you get to use flagship lounge of the home carrier in New Zealand, and it's it's a great way to start the journey. Um, Auckland Airport could probably open a couple more security queues. I tell you what, lines are out the door. It's, yeah. uh, it's a good yeah. problem to have for an airport. But hey, passengers, you know, if I can't get through security, I can't spend it duty free. So there's uh, there's your motivation, Auckland. But um, the flight itself, look, it was, it was very comfortable. It's a long flight. So again, the crew have time to come, you know, to come past, um, you know, you can have a bit of a chat, watch a movie, have a meal. And it was a daytime flight too. If it were overnight, I'd probably be a fair bit less impressed having to, to sit upright. But, mm. you know, four hours gate to gate during the day, by the time you've, you know, you've had dinner and, and watched something, you're almost landing anyway. So it is comfortable. And I did get to, you know, miss the stress of transiting in Sydney, which especially on the way home from what's otherwise a relaxing trip, you don't really want that, you know, that that uncomfortableness of having to, you know, get a transfer bus, pick up your bag, recheck in again, like you're almost starting a second journey, which happens wherever you land in Australia, the way that our custom system works. So just being able to fly straight into Brisbane where I live, it was it was a good choice for me. Yeah, great. Um, so any any like wrap up tips or advice for the audience looking to to book a trip to New Zealand themselves? Like what what's availability like at the moment? So if you go throughout the rest of May, anytime there is a seat available on a Qantas flight, you can book it using points because the whole month of May is the points plane um, promotion. But I mean, yeah, after that, availability is back to um, you know being selective. You you're not guaranteed to get a seat on every flight just because there's one for sale. Um, that might be where you may not have a choice of connecting or you might need to sort of be a bit flexible with your days to get a seat. Um, but I mean, between Auckland and Brisbane, it, it's not too bad. I think everyone probably wants to get on the A330. So that can be, even though there are more seats, that can be the harder one to get. But yeah, it's absolutely not impossible. Um, and I mean, Qantas partner LATAM also flies between Sydney and Auckland. It's very rare to find a seat on LATAM. But if you're perfectly happy to fly Qantas, which I was, then it's it's not too tricky. You just yeah, the usual caveats of of reward travel, be flexible, be open to connections, all that sort of stuff. Well, thanks for jumping on the podcast today. I know that we're going to have you back pretty soon, or at least a little bit later in the year, because I, I, we won't give anything away. But I know there's mm. some interesting trips that you've got planned coming up. I have some very uh, interesting stuff that I've never done before, which is increasingly hard for someone who's travelled so much. So and, uh, yeah, be... and you might be flying a little further than Auckland on the next trip. Yes, 
a fair bit little further. Spoiler alert. Mm. <laughs> well, Chris, thanks for coming on today. Um, you certainly made me want to have a look at New Zealand trips myself. Looking forward to having you back on the podcast soon. Thanks, Dave. Great to chat. That's it for today's episode of Points of View, the Point Hacks podcast. Remember to visit pointhacks.com.au for more frequent flyer deals, guides, and tips. I'm David Walsh, and don't forget to subscribe.